If you want to contact me, or if you want me to read something, or even if you just have any questions about myself or the book, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. There will be a question linked to this episode in the description, so check it out and respond if you can. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another chapter episode. Um, yeah, before I get started, I should have probably said this in a previous episode, but it's fine. We're saying it now. Uh, most people start school in early September or late August, so all of you have started school in the last couple of weeks. I hope you have a great start to your school year. Anyway, and I hope you guys enjoy winter turning, since this is the first, like, Chapter, chapter? Okay, let's go. Chapter one, Wings of Fire, Winter Turning. The first time Winter disappointed his family, he was two years old. Or at least the first time he knew he disappointed them. Perhaps it had been happening all along, and they'd hidden it behind the stern, demanding faces they showed all the royal dragonettes. He could remember the dawn of that day, the morning of his 11th hunt, the sub-zero chill in the air, the palling purple of the sky, Two moons stole high overhead, while the third slid its thin crescent silver down below the horizon. A snowy owl was perched on one of the palace outcroppings, its talons digging into the ice. It glowered beatedly at winter as if it saw his disgrace coming. His sister, Icicle, was in the hunting party, and his brother, Hailstorm too, along with two of Glacier's dragonettes, one of Winter's royal uncles, three tendons, and Winter's parents, Tundra and Narwhal. They gathered in the courtyard of the ice palace, stamping their feet and beating their wings as a glorious freezing air filled their lungs. The sharp, the sharp crunch of snow beneath their claws broke the stillness of the morning. Winter remembered looking up at his mother as she hissed for attention. This hunt is for the table of the queen herself, Tundra growled. Whoever brings down the first polar bear will be invited to sit at her side this evening. She shot a glittering look at Icicle, coiled beside Winter. Icicle was only two years old as well, but she already knew the future her parents had planned for her. So did Winter, although he suspected he wasn't supposed to. He he couldn't remember how he knew. Had he overheard his parents whispering when they thought he was too young to understand? Or had he figured it out from their behavior over the years? But he did know. One day, Icicle would challenge their aunt, Queen Glacier, for the throne. That was the reason she was hatched and the destiny she was trained for, to kill Glacier and become queen herself. The only question was when. Glacier grew older and larger and stronger each year, and high school had a strike before one of Glacier's own daughters seized the queenship. Daughters, sisters, or nieces could try for the throne. Cousins could not. Neither could sister-in-law. Or Tundra surely would have thrown down the challenge herself. So, Winter's parents couldn't wait forever, but they also needed to make sure the icicle was ready. He'd have only one chance, kill or die. That was how it worked. Icicle lifted her snout and returned her mother's arch-calculating look. It'll be me, she said, sounding on his board. Find a polar bear? Easy. I have much better nose than these two. She flicked her tail dismissively at Hailstorm and Winter. We'll see about that, Hailstorm said. He grinned, hopped from foot to foot, full of energy the way he always was. 
Winter often wished some of his brother's confidence would spill over onto him. The five dragonettes set out first, flying away from the palace in five different directions. At their age, every hunt was still a test, a chance to prove your worth and climb higher in the rankings. Not that Hailstorm needed to climb any higher. He'd been at the top ever since he was not quite two years old himself. He made the top of the list the same day Ice School Winter hatched, in fact. Winter knew it was risky, but he decided to try flying out to the sea to hunt. Sometimes polar bears could be found on the island off the coast, or drifting on the icebergs, or swimming from one to another. He had yet to catch a polar bear after ten hunts, and as a result, his palace, his place in the rankings was lower than anyone in their family had ever been. Hailstorm killed a polar bear the first time he took him out hunting, his mother would observe coldly during their tense family meals, sliding a bowl of dripping meat down the table. Icicle has killed three so far. You obviously need to try harder. They scanned the waves for a long time, hoping to see a bobbing white head. Nothing moved except the sea itself, the shifting reflections of the rising sun. Finally, he swerved down toward one of the larger islands, not much bigger than the ice palace, but studded with caves where bear might hide. And suddenly, there, standing at the edge of the water, staring south, she was huge, with yellow tinge of her dingy white fur. The wind was blowing his scent away from her, and he was gliding, so she hadn't heard or smelled him yet. In a few heartbeats, he could be downing, sinking his claws into her shoulders. She'd put up a fight, but he could win. He'd bring home a polar bear at last, and if he hurried, it might even be him sitting next to the queen at dinner tonight, while King Glacier ate his polar bear. He wheeled upward, ready to dive, and then a movement caught at the corner of his eyes, and he tilted his head toward the cave. A pair of tiny cubs were wobbly, was wobbling out onto the snow. One of them tripped and sprawled out, paws flopped every bunch way, and the other growled with delight and tackled him. They rolled, resting painfully, and their mother swung her head around to grunt at them. Winter hesitated. Don't be a fool, he told himself. Just kill them, too. That's the way to impress mother and father. But there was something else watching the bears. It was well hidden, higher up among the rocks above the cave. <clears throat> but Winter's sharp eyes spotted it when it moved. Scavenger. A scavenger here? This far north? The creature was wrapped in so many furs at first, Winter almost thought it was another polar bear cup. But there was no mistaking those clever, thin brown paws for the great clumsy paws of a bear. The, the scavenger was carrying some kind of rough spear, and its eyes were fixed on the polar bears, so it hadn't noticed the dragon overhead yet. Winter scanned the island and spotted a wooden canoe that had been hauled out to the Pibbly Beach. Onto the Pibbly Beach. How far had the scavenger traveled through the rough Arctic waters? Was it hunting the bears for prey, just like Winter was? If so, why was it moving? Why had it lowered its spear as if it had given up already? Winter stared intently, tracking the scavenger's gaze. The way it was watching the clubs, was it hesitating, the way he had? Did it feel sorry for them, too? Surely that was ridiculous. Scavengers couldn't feel pity. A hungry scavenger wouldn't spare the life of a bear just to protect his cubs, would it? He wished he could scoop up the scavenger and study it more closely. What is wrong with you? Tundra's voice suddenly shrieked across the sigh. Winter nearly leapt out of his scales. Are you hunting or sightseeing? Are you an ice wing or a rain wing? Kill that bear! Winter twisted around and saw, to his horror, that his mother, father, and uncle were all winging toward him with a disgusting expression. Right behind them was Icicle with a polar bear with a polar bear carcass dangling from her claws. 
He dove frantically toward the bear, but the noise had alerted her to the danger, and she was already charging up the slope and bundling her cubs back into the cave. Winter beat his wings and lunged with his talons outstretched, but they closed on empty air as the three polar bears vanished into a narrow, stony, stony passage where dragons would never be able to follow. Winter scrambled at the cave entrance for a moment, but there was nothing he could do. The bears were gone. He carefully forced himself not to look back up at the scavenger. If his parents knew it was there, they'd make him kill it. They'd make him kill it for the dinner feast. For some reason, he didn't want to. He couldn't imagine anyone eating those little paws or the scavenger's head with its wide, dark eyes. A shiver went through his wings. How could you let it get away? Narwhal roared, landing beside him. Winter's father slammed one talent into the side of the cliff, and a small avalanche of snow crashed onto Winter's head. It was right there. No kill could be easier. Maybe he was worried about the little baby bears, Icicle offered, coming down with a thump and a splattering of bear blood. Maybe he didn't want to leave them alone with no mummy to take care of them. Poor whittle, poor whittle full of balls. Her voice was sneering and triumphant. No, Winter cried. That wasn't it. I was just... I was just watching for a minute. I would have gotten it if... If you hadn't been wasting time mooning around, Narwhal hissed. We have to report this, you know. Your uncle saw the whole thing. Winter stared miserably at his talons. He knew his parents would have, would have reported it anyways, even with no other witnesses. They believed in the strict Icewind codes of behavior. They agreed that the only way to make him stronger was to expose all his weaknesses. Shame and fear were powerful weapons for teaching young dragonettes. If everyone was disappointed in him, surely he would fight harder to prove himself. I will, he thought firstly. I will be better. I will claw my way up the rankings. I won't make a mistake like this ever again. But he still did not tell his parents about the scavenger hiding nearby. He glanced back only once as they were all swooping away to make sure it was all right. The inc that incident sent him, sent him down to the fifth circle, above only one-year dragonettes and families that barely counted as aristocrats. For months, his mother had made him memorize long sagas about dragons who attempted the diamond trial to get him to get back into the first circle, including about a hundred verses speculating how gruesome they might have died. The trial was at the trial was at last resort, rarely used, but she made it clear that no dragon at first would reach his seventh his seventh hatching day any lower than second circle even if it meant turning into an ancient, mysterious, most likely deadly ritual. With that threat hanging over him, he had struggled to claw his way back up through the rankings, bit by bit, and he, and he had tried as hard as he could for so long. And then losing Hailstorm, actually leaving Hailstorm, abandoning him to his fate without the fight, had wiped out all that work, and he started over from the sixth circle. Which I deserved, he thought. It was my fault we were on that mountain. My fault he got caught. My stupid, cowardly decision to leave him there. But everything was different now. Now that he had Hailstorm, now that he knew Hailstorm was alive, not dead as they'd all thought, Queen Scarlet still had him, held him prisoner, hidden somewhere secret. And high school had been bargaining for Hailstorm's life before Winter had ruined her plan. She'd agreed to kill the Dragonats of Destiny in exchange for Hailstorm, but Winter had stopped her. Which bet if Scarlet killed Hailstorm now, it would be even more Winter's fault. He clenched his talons, but maybe he could get to her before that happened. If he could find Scarlet, maybe there was still a chance to save his brother. He swiped raindrops off his face, inhaling. 
The downpour was incessant and repulsive. He'd take He'd take a howling snowstorm over this dripping, soggy horribleness any day. The forest floor squashed between his claws, and the wet tree branches lashed his wings as they swayed in the storm. Below him, his pet scavenger stood in the open doorway of the cage Winter, Winter had built. Bandits squinted up at the dragon and the thunderstorm. I'm letting you go, Winter said impatiently. Don't just stand there. I can't carry a pet with me while I'm searching for a hailstorm. Especially not one that flops around moping all the time. He rattled the cage and the scavenger flinched. Winter had spent days and days on planning and constructing this cage, making it beautiful for his very first pet scavenger. And then Bandit hadn't appreciated it at all. He never used a swing or the running wheel. Mostly he cowered under the furs and squeaked, or he tried to run away. Isn't this what you wanted? Winter demanded. Bandit was the most disappointing pet of all time. But Winter couldn't help it. He still cared about him. Otherwise, he could have banded Bandit to someone else's dinner at Jade Mountain. Winter still remembered the expression on the first hunting hunter-scavenger face all those these years ago. The curiosity and the dragon-like sympathy in its eyes. He hoped to see something like that and Bandit one day. But it didn't matter now. Nothing mattered except fighting Hailstorm. Go on, get out of here, Winter grumbled. He poked at the bandit with one claw, and the scavenger dodged and retreated farther into the cage, covering his head. Winter felt a flash of pity for the creature, and then felt furious with himself for caring, when there were more important things to worry about. I know it's raining, but it's better than the Ice Kingdom, trust me. If I take him with me to the Ice Kingdom, he'll either freeze to death or be eaten within the first day. Queen Glacier had granted him permission to have an exotic pet while at the academy, but... Where he saw an exotic pet, his parents likely to see a delicious snack. Winter! He heard a voice yell somewhere off in the trees. A plume of fire lit up the faces of four dragons hurrying toward him through the forest. To his astonishment, it was the rest of the winglet from Jay Mountain Academy. Kibli, Turtle, Kinkajou, and Moon. He pushed back against the little jump that his heart made when he saw her. Just what I need right now, a bunch of glaciers snowing, slowing me down. By all the snow monsters, what are you doing here? Winter demanded. How had they found him, and why? Looking for you, Moon said simply. Her eyes caught on his, shining in the bits of moonlight that fought through the storm clouds. She always looked at him, as if she could see more, than, more of him than anyone else. As if she saw dazzling mountain peaks where his parents saw nothing but, lumpsy, lumpy, but a lump of gray ice. And we found you, Kinkajou added. We're amazing. She flapped her wings as Kibli sent another huge burst of flame, and Winter could see that she'd turned bright yellow with purple spots. Ridiculous. That's what rain wings splattering all over the... Oh, that's what rain wings were, all of them. Flamboyant and ridiculous, with her feelings splattered all over their scales like that. It was embarrassing to be around. Winter glanced down at Bandit. He couldn't let these dragons distract him. I'm not going back to Jade Mount... Jade mountain he said firmly no matter what they said they wouldn't change his mind i'm going to look for my brother i thought so winter said her voice quiet but as determined as his we want to help you we do turtles had stamping his feet yes king Kiju said i didn't know we did that but now i totally do no way absolutely not i can't be around them not even moon i mean especially moon he saw Kibli staring intently at him, as though the salmon was figuring out his next move. Kibli had done that all the time in the cave they showed on Jane Mountain, and it had been very unsettling to live with. 
Winter could just imagine what it'd be like to have the Samling's black eyes inspecting everything he did on the path to find Hailstorm. You can't come with me, he said. I'm going to Queen Glacier. I need to explain it all to her and get her to help me find Hailstorm. Perhaps she would give him a wing of soldiers of his own to command. Perhaps she would send out all her warriors to search for Hailstorm. Regardless, he needed he knew he needed the power of the Ice Swing Queen to save his brother. That was a smart thing to do, wasn't it? Wouldn't it just make more sense to go to the Sky Kingdom? King Kaju asked. Your brother must be in prison there somewhere, right? We could all go looking for him, like, all in the mountain caves or something. Or you could go after Ice School, Philby said. Try to find out what more she knows about... Try to find out more about what Scarlet told her. That was exactly what he didn't want to do. More options. More doubt. Kipley was right. Ice School was the one who knew, who knew anything about Hailstorm and Scarlet. Following Ice School would make sense, except... I don't know where she's gone, Winter said bitterly. Back to the ice back to the ice king, he hoped. Although she had to know Queen Glacier would be furious about her breaking the Jade Mountain truce. I have a guess, Kibley said. Of course he did. You wouldn't like it though, he added, nodding at King Kaju. I think I think she's gone to the rainforest. She knows the one Scarlet hates the most is Glory. Everyone knows that. If they know the story of what Glory did to her face, so I think Eskel might think if she kills Glory, Scarlet will forgive her her feeling the, to kill the others. Nobody spoke for a long moment. There's cues. There's, there's cursed wounds. Winter thought. He's right. That's exactly what she would think. Eskel is brilliant, and dangerous, and prefers to hunt alone. She'd find a way to solve this problem instead of running for help. Thunder rumbled overhead. Then I'm going to the rainforest, Kikachu said fiercely. I'm not letting her kill my awesome queen. Suddenly, Moon let out a yellow pin and crumpled forward, her wings collapsing around her. Winter stepped toward her, but Kikuchu was faster, catching the nightwing in her wings. Moon, she cried, staggering sideways. A flash of lightning lit up Moon's face as the black dragon lifted her snout to the sky. Something blank and weird had taken over her eyes, like frost on a lake. And then she began to speak in a voice nothing like her own. Beware of the darkness of dragons. Beware the stalker of dreams. Beware the talons of power and fire. Beware one who is not what she seems. Something is coming to shake the earth. Something is coming to scorch the ground. Jade Mountain will fall beneath thunder and ice, unless the lost, unless, unless the lost city of the knights can be found. The voice lurched to a stop, and Moon closed her eyes, releasing all the tension out of her wings. <clears throat> Everyone stared at her. Winter's heart was hammering like the pedaling, pelting raindrops. Those words? That couldn't be what it sounded like, could it? By all the snakes, Kibley said at last. Winter met his eyes in the next flash of lightning. Kibley looked as terrified as he felt. She shaken, as shaken as he'd been the day of the explosion in their history cave. What was that? That's what you've been muttering in your sleep, Kinkashu to Moon. Kinkashu said to Moon. It sounded like a prophecy, Winter said slowly. But it couldn't be. The Nightwings had sworn to everyone that their powers were gone. Tsunami, Sunny, Starflight, Clay, and Glory had confirmed it. No more mining. No more mind reading. No more prophecies. Ever again. That's, That was what they'd said, exactly. So someone was lying. But who? Moon shook her head and pressed herself upright, her wings unsteady. Turtle, she said, please cave in one of the rocks. 
The ceiling fumbled with the armband he always wore. Winter could see that a couple of the black stones were missing from it. <clears throat> As he watched, Turtle pried out another one and passed it to Winter. The stone was small, about the size of a dragon's tooth, and had a strange sheen to it, although that might have been the effect of the rain and the lightning. It was jagged around the edges, but not sharp. It looked fairly ordinary. What's this? he asked. What does this have to do with prophecies? I have a lot to explain, Loon said. She sounded nervous, uh, as though he might stab her with his tail spikes any moment, which he'd refrained from doing to anyone so far, so he thought that was rather unfair. Everything, the whole truth. I'm going to tell you everything. That sounds ominous, Winter said. No more ominous than Jade Mountain will fall beneath thunder and ice, Toby said. I hope we're all planning to talk about that because I'm extremely unsettled right now. She said we have to find the lost city of the night, King Gurju said. That's all. And then everything will be fine, right? Isn't that what everyone else heard? I'm pretty sure I heard we're all going to die, Turtle said. Death, death, monsters everywhere, death. Is that it? Kibley asked Moon. Is that what you saw? Jane Mountain was going to fall on us? I don't know, Moon said. I've had visions, but none of them ever came out in words like that before. I don't know what it means. Visions? Winter didn't like the sound of that. He closed his claws around the rock, frowning at her. But Moon had gone quiet, staring into the dark, as though she were hearing something else. A few moments passed, and then she seemed to snap back into herself. Winter, she said. There are a few things you need to know about me. I'm listening, he said. Not that I have a choice, apparently. It's true what you've heard about the Nightwing, she said. They've really lost their powers. There hasn't been a Nightwing who could read minds or see the future in, well, a very long time. She took a deep breath. Until me. Winter tails twitched. He felt his heart felt like a rock in his talons. He, his heart felt like the rock in his talons, small and hard. Because I hatched in the rainforest, she went on. Under two full moons, I can do both. Both what? He forced out past the claws that seemed to be closing on his throat. See visions of the future, she said, and hesitated. And, and read minds.